Hello, friends, and welcome to But I Digest. My name is Hans Rufert, and normally Steve would say uh, this is Steve McDonough, but today we're starting off with just me. I am uh, playing hooky and heading out to the International Association of Culinary Professionals event in Birmingham, Alabama. And I'm super stoked that they invited me out to that. So uh, it's just going to be you and Steve hanging out for a bit. And he's got a, a special guest lined up. But while I had your attention, I wanted to take a moment. Um, as many of you know, I am a stomach cancer survivor and advocate and have been associated with the Gastric Cancer Foundation now for well over a decade and uh, super proud of the work that we do there. And we're coming up into Gastric Cancer Awareness Month, which for someone with stomach cancer or surviving stomach cancer, every month, you're very much aware of gastric cancer. But uh, November is designated as Gastric Cancer Awareness Month. And the Gastric Cancer Foundation does an annual fundraiser. And this year, the theme is called Coming Together for a Cure. So um, I would love to invite you to pop over to gastriccancer.org, uh, make a donation if you can, if you will. Uh, but while you're there, check out the nutritional video series that I do um, along with my friend Hewitt Rabel, who also uh, is involved with this podcast. Uh, it's called The Gesundheit Kitchen and uh, focusing obviously on nutrition with you know, a, a concentration for those that are gastric compromised. But the reality is those videos are relevant to anybody that eats food, which is probably you. Um, so do me a giant favor. Enjoy today's show in my absence. Steve is the funny one. Anyway, as I've been told several times, how rude is that? People actually stop me to say, I love the podcast. Steve is so funny. Yeah, yeah, I know Steve is funny. I'm trying, people. So anyway, um, I would love for you to check out gastriccancer.org. Uh, throw us a bone if you can, especially during this uh, particular fundraiser. Uh, while you're there, check out the nutritional videos. I will be quiet now while uh, I step aside, get in the car, head towards Birmingham. Enjoy Steve and his special guest. Take care. Okay, Hans, thank you for that. I don't really know how I feel about um, being the funny one. It's nice that people are saying that, but I was really more banking on being the pretty one. So if you can work on people telling me I'm the pretty one, I would appreciate that a little more. So anyway, today I'm going to bring you, as Hans said, kind of a mini episode. And although it's shorter than usual, it's got a really good payoff. And I think you're going to like it a lot. It's really fun. So during the episode, you will always hear that little jingle. The only thing that's hotter than the oven is watching you cook. You've heard that little jingle. We use it to kind of bookend our recipe section. And that was something that was written just for us. And in our end credits, you hear me thank Corey Goodrich for the incidental music. So that is the incidental music I am talking about. And this is the Corey Goodrich I'm talking about. Hello, Corey. Hello. Can I be the pretty one? If, if, I God mean, I, I will fight yes. you for this. Yes, one. it's too late. You're already the pretty one. Damn it. I, oh, now man, I shouldn't, now I shouldn't have invited you. <laughs> I should have after an of... evening, <laughs> after an evening of drinking whiskey and drambuie, I don't think that's very pretty for at the moment. So. <laughs> together or separate? Yeah, uh, together. It's actually in a rusty nail. I was going to in... say you made yourself a rusty nail. Did you? I did. I looked it up on the interwebs and it said it's an old man's drink. So I thought it was yeah. perfect for me. But my but mom, it's so tasty, right? 
it's so good. It's like eggnog almost without the dairy. Speaking of which, yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I'm in Arizona, as as you know. Um, I'm in my mom's house. My mom passed four years ago. And so I'm trying to, you know, go through her bar and drink it all up. So it doesn't have waste. <laughs> you should have invited me to Arizona. Right? <laughs> we I would have shown you what to do. Does she have other like really fun old uh, spirits that you don't know what to do with? Totally. She's got like a honey liqueur and some, there's some Mexican, uh, just unusual things and Drambuie and Kahlua and, uh, you know, Bailey's and all the like tons of bottles of whiskey. I don't know what all these bottles of whiskey are. I didn't even know my mother drank whiskey. So. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, know. apparently she had some, but didn't go through it fast enough. More whiskey, please. <laughs> um, and the honey liqueur, is that like mm-hmm. the German? Does it look like a, like Baron Jaeger or something? Uh, does it look like a German kind of honey liqueur? Because there is a honey liqueur that you use in a brown derby, which Ooh. is, is bourbon, which you have. Uh-huh. And honey liqueur, which you have, and grapefruit juice. Oh. And you can get a, maybe a fresh grapefruit in uh, Arizona, perhaps? No? Yes, that yes. sounds amazing. Oh, it I is will totally so try good. It. it is so good. I'll go through like phases where I'm drinking specifically something. Brown Derby, I've gone through a couple of phases. It's a really good drink. It's round, but it's got that citrus bite, but mm-hmm. it's sweet and a little kind of um, heavy like physically heavy, which makes it kind of feel luxe because the honey liqueur Uh is a little kind of, not syrupy, but it's got more weight to it. And I just, oh, it's a great drink. I also like your liquid you in liqueur. Liqueur. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Now, Corey's one of my oldest friends in Chicago. Um, We have been friends, Corey, since the dial-up modem. And that Uh is true. Wow, I'm not that old, so... Oh, come on. We Do you remember that? We went through a phase so many years ago. It was right when Dan moved here. It was like probably 1990 when we were like talking on um, on chat messaging a lot late at night. I don't know why, but we, we were just both on like AOL at the same time. And we went through this phase. I don't know if that was me. I think that was. Oh, a it was 100 percent you. <laughs> no, no, it was 100 percent you. But thank you for remembering. That makes me feel special. No, um, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I was making an improper um, reference to chat nights and dial up and porn. <laughs> don't, don't tell David. <laughs> oh, he knows. Are you kidding? He's on there more than me. No. <laughs> <laughs> David is our husband. P.S. We should probably say yeah. that. So Corey is an award-winning actress here in Chicago. How many Jeff Awards have you won, Corey Goodrich? Oh, I've only won two, but I've been nominated for, I don't know how many, four or five. It's not, it, whatever. Whatever. Are you serious? You, you know. don't know how many you've been nominated for? Do you know how many I've been nominated for? Bupkis. <laughs> I've been nominated for the Bupkis Award here in Chicago. It's an honor just to be nominated, right? Well, I haven't okay. felt that honor, so thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> uh, we've been on stage multiple times together, but most, you know, most of you probably know us as uh, as the Cratchits. That's right. You're my husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah, had, and Kurt poor... Sage was our son. Kurt Sage, who is my age or older, or something was our son, yeah, and yeah. he would not let me live it down. No, that that angry little man playing <laughs> the young boy. Hi, Kurt Sage. He's drunk, <laughs> He's drunk right now. Um, she's also a singer, released uh, uh, quite a few of your own CDs. Tell us about your CDs. Oh, I have a whole bunch of them. I have. Um, so my latest one is called Long Way Around, and it is based, uh, it's the music uh, that kind of goes with my book that I also published this year. Um, and that is, I, it was produced by Ethan Deppie. Um, so it's kind of a folk, experimental folk 
blend with uh, folk and rock. It's really, really freaking cool. And then I have uh, the CD Woman, which is produced by Malcolm Rule, which is all country. And then I have Wildwood Flower, which is hilarious because it's an auto harp album. And how many people do you know that have an auto harp album? Yeah, your your auto harp is pretty cool. I mean, it just looks it's, cool when you're holding the auto harp. It's super cool. It's not the little things that you, the kindergarten teacher used. It's actually a, a luthier built um custom-made auto harp made by the man who actually made June Carter's auto harp incidentally it's the same style and uh, he made one for her he was actually a pallbearer at June Carter's funeral um, and knew Johnny and June very well so coffin in one hand auto harp in the other yes exactly you know just balance you can't see the zoom but (laughs) she's she's doing a zoom balance uh, auto harp um, coffin mime right now people will have to (laughs) I'm sorry you missed it so See, you now, should broadcast this part too. <laughs> so now we're on the other side of this pandemic. Uh, you know the people who came out of the pandemic and uh, behind from behind their lost doors with abs. You know the people that are like, I it was the pandemic and I thought I'd work on myself and I lost all this weight and I exercised and I've got pecs now, and I couldn't get my head around those people who did that because. It wasn't my type of self-care. Now, we all had different types of self-care during the pandemic. And I really, really admired the people that were losing weight because I, frankly, gained 20 pounds during the pandemic, which I've since taken off. Thanks for noticing. You did not say that out loud, but whatever. I'm wearing a blousey. Well, hey, I've gained it and haven't taken it off. So, you know, I... You look fabulous. All I can see is your head right now. So well, it's a fat your head. head looks no, it's fantastic. actually slimmer. So <laughs> what my self-care is and dance self-care is in the form of dining, but specifically dining and not food. A lot of people's self-care could be food, right? But ours is more mm-hmm. about the form of dining, uh, the way that uh, uh, the way the process of it, the process of the cooking and the ritual. So every night during the pandemic, I would be making a different cocktail and experimenting with cocktails. And then we would move to your first course, uh, a nice meal, a full bottle of wine, you know, which comes in a single serving packet, going through that whole bottle of wine. And that was kind of how we took care of ourselves. And I I paid for it by the end, uh, by the end of it. But you, it seemed to me that your self-care during lockdown was finding even increased creativity. So you're talking yeah. about the book and you gave us a little insight into the book or you can give us a little more insight into the book. But mm-hmm. also, um, we haven't talked about you being a visual artist. I, I'm happy to talk about that. So my husband calls me a creative shark, meaning, you know how sharks, if they stop moving, they die. That's sort yeah. of me creatively. So when the pandemic hit and um, I had no theater to do and, and all of that, I just doubled down on the music and writing. I finished this book. The book is called Folk Song, A Ballad of Death, Discovery, and DNA. And folk it's song. Uh, folk song. It's mm-hmm. a play on words because it's about my folks and it's also about music. Um, Can I, I didn't I didn't even get that until now. Of course it is. I've known the subtle. title of the book since it came out. No, that's okay. Folk that's all right. Song. I love that play on words though. Yeah. But um, four years ago, my mom died and I had a subsequent DNA revelation uh, that sort of rocked my world and changed my personality and all kinds of stuff. So I wrote about that and published that it's on Amazon. If you would like to get it. But one of the cool things about this discovery amongst the trauma was um, that my biological father was a painter and sort of in an effort to uh, to 
get to know him or reach him since he'd already passed, I thought, well, I'll try painting because he had taught his two sons um, to paint and I wasn't in his life. So I thought, well, he didn't get to teach me, so I'm just going to do it. And something happened when I started painting. I don't know if I was channeling him. I don't know if it's I had this latent talent that I just had never even thought about pursuing at all. I never wanted to paint before. Um, but I started painting to connect with him and found out I not only did I know how to do it, um, I was actually kind of good at it. And so now I sell my paintings and yeah. um, I, I make art every day because I love it. It's therapy. It's good therapy, but it's also just this amazing creative expression that I feel really fortunate to have found. And you and you have also gone through a couple of different phases of paintings. Mm -hmm. And right now you're doing this kind of bubbly, uh, what's his name? Klimt. Almost Clinton. kind of. Yeah. I mean, what is what is what is with the the? It, it's my favorite part that you're oh, doing good. right now. Thank Those you. are my favorites. It's a lot of female really figures and this kind mm -hmm. of rising bubble. Explain that. Yeah. So that's that series. It's interesting because I since I wasn't trained and I don't know what I like, I keep going through different phases of copying people and different kinds of art and you know I did some modern art I did some very abstract stuff I did very literal seascapes and stuff and this came about because I loved Klimt I love him but um also because at the time I was really angsty so all those little tiny bubbles that you see every single one of those was me just channeling my angst <laughs> through, through all of this because it took a long time but the series is also about feminine sexuality and and you know the things that I'm discovering as I'm getting older, and so they all sort of really directly relate to me. And um, and say and one more time where people can. Well, you can actually say it two more times, but oh. say again where people can uh, find and access some of this work. Sure. So you can go to my website, which is coreygoodrich.com. That's C-O-R-Y, Goodrich, like the tires. Don't put an E in there. Um, or you, my Instagram, you can see most of my art on Instagram and my handles Corey, at Corey Goodrich. Um, but yeah, and then the book is on Amazon folk song. So I am your full service artist. You, you are. You have been so creative. So that's what you were doing during the pandemic. But what about cooking? Let's, let's, uh, let's bring this around to food. Who cooks in your family? Not me. <laughs> not you. You don't, you're not the cook. Your daughters I, so or David? Have, who cooks? No, David does. I have another talent, a very, uh, very great talent, and that is to burn everything I cook. So um, seriously, like the kids, I've trained them actually to like burned food. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but, how uh, we make money as a caterer <laughs> and as, as a restaurateur. We need people like you in order to pay my mortgage. Exactly. So I'm the perfect guest for a cooking show, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I, I feel like I ask this question a lot and, it, and I know that it kind of sounds creepy sometimes because uh, like I'll meet somebody new and I'll say, how do you, how do you eat? Like I've got, I've got this one friend, he's um, a single straight guy living alone. And I'm always like, what, what'd you eat for dinner last night? Cause I know he's uh -huh. not cooking for himself and, and it's not a creepy thing, but it helps me like kind of place people and picture like what I, it's because of what I do. It, it, it's a big part of understanding mm -hmm. people to me. Like, are you the whole box of lucky charms at night in front of the TV person? Are you the Mariano's supermarket buying the $5 meal for the night person? Like what, how are you eating? So that, that just really interests me. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I would never admit to eating the whole box of Lucky Charms, but, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe some Raisin Bran or some Oat Crunch. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, 
when we cook, David cooks for the family, you know, and we do pretty much just like one thing. We don't do fancy courses. But when I'm by myself, I'll just go buy food. <laughs> I'm lazy. So I want to talk in a second because you are a singer and you've got obviously just a, a, a lovely, lovely voice. And again, you, you should listen to Corey's music. And I, as I know you will, we'll, we'll give you some links. But let's talk about food and the singer. So when you are being being careful of your voice or maybe just every day, uh, is there any foods like if you're in the middle of performing, uh, not, at, not not actually performing on stage with a burger in your hand, but when you are working as uh, that you would like to generally avoid things you think about ways mm-hmm. to ways that food and beverage wise people can take care of their voice with tips? Sure. Well, when I'm working, I typically do a lot of period pieces. So I'm always in a corset. So when I'm doing that, I can't eat a lot before a show because you get squozen in the middle uh, by your corset. <laughs> um, I did, just as a side note, I did Bridges of Madison County a couple of years ago. Bridges and, of Madison County. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's a shame. Had... It's a shame we don't have Hans because that would, that would stump that straight guy so hard. <laughs> that would, that would kill him. All right. <laughs> but in that show, I had to be practically naked on stage you know just a slip I mean no underwear or anything just a slip and so I barely ate that entire run because I had Uh, to be in a bedroom yeah you know um but but when I sing the thing I have to avoid although I'm not lactose intolerant I have to avoid dairy because it just causes so much phlegm when I'm singing and then I have to swallow a lot and um especially during allergy season too so um dairy is the big thing for me when I'm singing I don't I do not partake. You like cut it out for uh, like the two months, three months, or whatever. At least you cut on the days that I'm singing, you know, if I like maybe on a day off, I might have some, but um, oh. yeah, I just can't do it. I just, some people can sing and, and they love how it coats their chords, but ugh, it does not do it. How it well coats the chords. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was speaking with Roberta Ducek. Roberta Ducek is a, I mean, she is, uh, you can't even call her an up and comer because she is there. She is a musical force here in the city of Chicago. Uh, she's a musical director. Originally, she was on Broadway in Ragtime mm-hmm. um, for the movie of Les Miserables, which is, again, we could try to stump Hans with that one, but for the uh, movie musical of Les Miserables, she was Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman's vocal coach because she's that fancy. Uh, she's mm-hmm. also my vocal coach, but which was a total step up for her after Russell Crowe. She keeps telling me how much she appreciates me. Yep, yep. But you don't take her to Australia, so, you know. I know, I know. I would. Rebe- uh, Roberta, let me know if you need a wallaby. I'll, I'll pull up. <laughs> She's um, also the music director for Six right now on Broadway. You got it. That is the next mm-hmm. thing. She's the music director for the smash hit musical Six. So she like knows a thing or two about, about this. So I was uh, talking to her and I wanted to ask her the same question. Give me some tips and tricks. And she said, drink lots of water. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. Because no one has thought of that, Roberta. <laughs> but then she gave me the more interesting ones. Um, that she likes to gargle with, speaking of food, apple cider vinegar. Oh, that burns my cords. But yeah, I know a lot of people that do that. I have a hard time with that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what this, then she gave me the one I was looking for. Her big tip is eating a few potato chips before singing. I know. I see your shocked face. I see your shocked face. That's really interesting. I eat them afterwards sometimes. (laughs) If I have a really hard vocal show, the salt calms me down. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. The salt will help get rid of the, the phlegm as she says. Um, 
And obviously, this is her quote, and obviously the oil is a lubricant. Oh, so she thank you, thinks that, Isn't that amazing? So she likes both the salt and the oil, and she used to do it all the time, uh, especially if she was in a dry recording studio. Uh, but just a, just a couple, she says. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you, Roberta. I'm going to try that one. I also drink the stuff called Honey Loquat, which is a Chinese cough syrup that you get in, in the stores. Honey, I mean, honey Loquat? Honey Loquat syrup. There's no, there's no um, medicine in it. It's just honey, Loquat fruit, and uh, some menthol, I think. Um, and you put it in hot water, and then it kind of opens your sinuses up while you're singing, and it also coats and calms down any inflammation. So this would also be good for people that are listening that are not professional singers. That must be nice when you just kind of have a sore throat and you're just feeling really congested, head cold. Yes. Yes. It's great. I love it. You can get it in Chinatown or, you know, you can order it online, but it's just a fabulous thing. I tell everybody about that. Honey loquat syrup. Well, you just did. So now is the time when we want to talk about recipes. And I say, what time is it, Hans? And we play your little jingle. But here's the thing, people. Here's why we brought Corey on today. This is what I was working up to. When I told her that I needed just a little bit of a jingle to intro the recipe, you know, something just quick like she did and something to bring us out. She did not write us a jingle. She wrote us an entire song, right? The whole thing. I am an overachiever. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to bring her on today. This is the big payoff. We are going to play you the entire song in its its glory and naughtiness. There is, uh, right? I mean, it gets a little, what do you, what do you have to say for yourself? It's filthy. I love it. <laughs> I love double entendres. So you mentioned cooking. I was like, oh, oven. Oh, oh, there's flaying and, you know, all these like sexual references because, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm not clean. But um, but I love that. I do love that kind of humor. And you're very much like that, too. You're very punny, punny, funny. Oh, so girl, I love a pun. For you. Girl, uh -huh. I am. I am. A, I am the dad joke mofo. I am a mess. <laughs> My poor son. So, <laughs> Natalie, play us The Only Thing That's Hotter Than My Oven is Watching You Cook by Corey Goodrich. We could be busy baking, but my potholders are shaking, and I simply love the way that you debone me. The only thing that's hotter than the oven is watching you cook. You're guaranteed to please when I check out your recipes, and when I watch the way you delicately render. The heat you use to simmer makes me cook like a beginner, and I want to sear the meat until it's tender. The only thing that's hotter than the oven is watching you cook. You could fillet me, quickly saute me. You make puree of someone solid and so stable. So come and lay my table. I want a little tasting of the turkey that you're basting. You're guaranteed to always feed me plenty. 
I'm in a pressure cooker when you like the stove to boil to al dente. The only thing that's hotter than the oven is watching you cook. Kitchen state of the art. I'll take you out of cart. Okay, so there we go. There we go, people. Um, let's just start with the obvious, Corey. Uh, yes. Uh, the rhyme for turducken. Should we start with turducken? Should we start at the bottom and work our way up? <laughs> well, the best thing is, is when I was writing it too, I'm like, what rhymes with turducken? And I think I put something out on Facebook and just got this list of people. You know, <laughs> but I knew that the rhyme was supposed to be F beep, you know? <laughs> also, we had Becky Menzi play the piano for that, which was amazing. And I, it's just so fun the way you debone me. I, and uh, <laughs> I, I just want to sear the meat until it's tender. <laughs> uh, I mean, on. there's just a plot of cooking is sexual. So, you know, you got to make those those references. I love I'll it cook so you much. A turducken and then we'll get to Feast. Feast. No. <laughs> you want to duck in and then we'll get to feast. Oh my God. It's not right. So uh, we're going to have that up on our website. So go to our website and just take a listen to that anytime you want. And uh, thank Corey for those, for those filthy, lovely, lovely lyrics. It's clean uh, filthy though. Cause we never really say anything. So no, you don't, you don't, you just, mm -hmm. we just think it. So when you uh, don't eat a lot of dairy, this is your recipe, mm -hmm. kind of kind of intro me into uh, what you like to do with the, instead. So um, I do a lot of nut milks, obviously, because I still like my cereal and I like my smoothies to have, you know, my, my milk in it. Um, so I used to buy almond milk and when I'm lazy, I still do, but I make this fantastic version of it that is the best tasting thing ever. It's so good in coffee. It's my favorite thing to put in coffee. Um, because it's just rich and creamy. And, uh, and so I do a lot of tofu instead of, instead of, you know, cheese type things, but the almond milk is the creme de la creme. And, and how do you make your almond milk? And you just um, kind of basic, what kind yeah, of ingredients so, you put in it? Yeah. Almonds, I get like un, uh, raw almonds and, mm -hmm. uh, you soak them so that it makes them a little softer, stick that in the Vitamix with some water, some vanilla, coconut oil, which is the most important thing. A little, a little pinch vanilla, of salt, a little vanilla yeah, there, vanilla. and a little salt. Yes. Mm -hmm. The little touch of salt is really great. And then you could put other things. You can do coconut, you can do cashews, you can do whatever, but just that basic recipe. And then here's my trick. This is the most amazing thing. All right. Let's thing. hear your trick. You do not buy a fancy nut milk bag, milk with a Y, M-Y-L-K. I hate when they do that. Um, you don't have to buy one of those because they're expensive. You can go to the hardware store and get a paint strainer bag yeah, and you get strainers. like two of them for a couple bucks. And, um, and then you pour all the almond milk on the pulp through that. And then you squeeze it out 
also very sexual apparently. So, um, <laughs> but squeeze that into the pitcher and then it's, it's so thick and creamy and fresh and you will, you know, never drink processed almond milk again. Uh, not there you go. You've knocked out the process and you've also led us into some kind of squeezing your nut milk. Yeah. Another <laughs> lyric. Yet another connection. lyric. For, for I'm going to rewrite the song. Series two. two. <laughs> so, okay, my recipe, I'm going to talk about milk punch. We're going to stick with the milk theme. Now, milk punch is well known in New Orleans. It's generally rum or brandy with sugar and milk. Uh, you can find it way back in history. It was written about in the late 1600s, and it kind of faded out of fashion. In the mid-1700s, though, it took about 100 years for it to really come back. And even Ben Franklin has a great recipe. Well, uh, hold on. Maybe not a great recipe. Ben Franklin has a recipe well, using brandy, lemon, nutmeg, sugar, Ooh. and milk. Now, now, this is a version of what we would call English milk punch, which is what is odd about English milk punch, Corey? I'm going to give you a this is a little quiz. Is it um, A, that it is clear? Is it B, that it tastes like chocolate? Or is it C, that it is only lasting for three or four hours? Or is it D, that it has a Cockney accent? Oi, what, what's the answer I, for the English milk I'll punch? Give me the milk punch. I'm going to say, oh, God, I don't know. It tastes like chocolate? Uh, so the answer is it is clear because what happens in this intensive process, it takes hours, the milk boils, you add it hot to the brandy mix and you stir it up. And then you're adding the lemon juice. And of course, the lemon juice and the alcohol is going to make the milk curdle. You're going to let it stand for a few hours and then you strain it through a, uh, a hardware store. Yes, a paint, paint bag. Yeah. Paint bag. <laughs> uh, and it comes out clear. Now, Franklin's recipe has something in common with two old forms of drinks. There is the posset, P-O-S-S-E-T, and the syllabub. Now, posset is a British hot drink. It's made with curdled milk and spices. You ever hear of a posset cup? No. Like I they would have. use this in Old England for the infirm and for the sick. It looks, it's, it's a cup with two handles, a handle on either side and kind of a tea spout lid so that you could hold the handle and drink from, not tea spout lid, just tea spout, right? And you would drink from the spout of it. That was a posset cup. And that's how you would feed the sick. I'll put a picture of that up on our, uh, on our Facebook page. Now, syllabub is an English drink in which the milk and sugar is curdled by the addition of the lemon or sometimes uh, alcohol. And you would drink the beverage and then eat the curds later. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. So the one curdled that Franklin... Milk. Yeah, curdled milk. Well, exactly. And the uh, the curds and whey, that is you would drink oh. the whey and you would eat the curds. I didn't know that. See, you're so informative. That's why That's why I do this podcast. Yes, I want everyone to listen to you so they learn. <laughs> also, After, as a side uh, note, if I ever had twins, I would name them Posset and Syllabub. So. Oh, that is brilliant. I love that. <laughs> um, once you do this, and this is another reason they would do that, milk, of course, there was no refrigeration. But once you made the milk punch, it becomes shelf stable. When Dickens died, oh. they found bottles of it in his wine cellar. That's really interesting. So if it's curdled, so then it's just the whey, pretty much the, the liquid in the well, way you're going if you're going to save things. Right. Correct. You would just have that clear liquid. It becomes 
uh, the, 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 the way maybe something uh, with the syllabub, to be honest, the, uh -huh. the English one um, is, I believe, the one that makes it clear. It's also called clarified milk, clarified milk punch. That's what you were doing with it. That's very um, cool. So my recipe is something that we can also use a little of uh, uh, some almond milk in. At weddings, everybody is doing late night snacks right now. They're all the rage with mini Chicago dogs. We're passing mini deep dish pizzas, you know, late at night, little pretzels with shot glasses of beer, but super popular, warm chocolate chip cookies with a bourbon milk. So at the end of the night, we put uh, chocolate chip cookies into our ovens. And we pass around warm cookies with little, Little, little mugs of a bourbon milk, which uh, is so simple. And this will be the, uh, the recipe on the website, bourbon, milk, sugar. And I like to add a little cardamom, which adds this kind of warm, lovely fall kind of flavor. It loves, cardamom loves bourbon and it also loves the milk. And it's a great opportunity to use almond milk because if you are having a lot of guests, you don't know how many are going to be lactose intolerant. And so if you just passed uh, to 200 people using almond milk, people aren't really going to complain and notice. You know, it's not, we don't, we can't walk around saying lactose or non-lactose. So you just yeah. can pass it around with that. Mm -hmm. and, and the almond milk is generally a little sweeter than the whole milk and it goes well with the cookie pairing. Yeah, you could try oat milk too. That would probably be another good- Oh, substitute. for oatmeal cookies. Then let's mm -hmm. do some oatmeal cookies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And let's hear the tagline of our recipes. The only thing that's harder than my oven is watching you cook. But you don't have the piano. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see any of these web, uh, any of these recipes, I'll put Corey's recipe up there. We will put the mil uh, my uh, bourbon milk up on the website at buttidigestpodcast.com. If you want to email us, uh, buttidigestpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter and Facebook is buttidigestpod. Our Instagram is buttidigestpodcast. I want to do special thanks to our web designer, Hewitt Rabble, to our ed editor, Natalie DeChico. And our special music is by Corey Goodrich. And you can find all of her stuff at coreygoodrich.com, correct? That is correct, with no E, C-O-R-Y-G-O-O-D-R-I-C-H. And our theme music is by Brian Reyes. Did you have a good time? I had so much fun. Thank you. I really, I so appreciate you coming on. We so appreciate the music that you gave us for the, for, for this. People, please go to our website and download this filthy little food song. <laughs> Corey Goodrich, are we done here? I think I need some bourbon milk. So uh, yeah, we're done. Get we're me some cookies there. and bourbon milk. Mm. <laughs>